Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 121. And tonight, we are recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 125, Adore Ajar Part 2. So we have listened to this, of course, and we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So you may want to listen to it as well before listening to this. You know how all that works. But um, we got a little more information this week. It's certainly building towards something. Yeah, it feels like we're getting information in dribs and drabs, which is kind of appropriate for a storyline that seems to involve water and the ocean somehow. Yeah, last week we had some bodies found in the desert that I guess had apparently drowned. Yep. Because there was definitely like a jelly-like substance and water in their lungs. Right, and this week Cecil reported that a ship was found and a bunch of crew members who reported that the ocean suddenly vanished away from them and they found themselves in the desert and also a car that was filled with seawater and some, you know, strange amorphous blobs in it. So Susan Cooper, your car's going to get towed. <laughs> and we actually met them through Big Rico because he got woken up in the middle of the night by this bedraggled group of sailors appearing in his living room. And I don't think they spoke the same language, but one of them told the entire story by writing it out as a graphic novel on pizza boxes and I'm like oh fan artist get on that could you please I want to see that yes yeah (laughs) pretty much anything that's written out on cardboard with a pen I don't know why that's so appealing but it really is but yeah I'd like to see that well we had a little bit of extra information about uh, the Night Vale Community College there is a woman Tara Aria and she has won the Nobel Prize in Mathematic Poetry (laughs) I love that idea of a category like that. And her poem is nicely ominous, I think. It's, uh, let me see, I've got it written out here. You keep the drawer locked where all five sharp knives are stashed, but now it's open. You live alone, right? And didn't use any knives? but now there are just four. (laughs) I love people who do cool things with haikus. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) We also had some news. There is a disagreement going on between the Night Vale Marine Biologists and the Night Vale Tourism Board because the Tourism Board wants to expand the waterfront property and the marine biologists think it's pretty irresponsible to try and attract oceans to the area. So that's what's going on right now. Yeah, and there was a lot of disagreement and it kind of devolved into that that's stupid, you're stupid kind of argument. But meanwhile... It looks like all of the people who were recovered off of that weird sailing vessel have been given homes in Nightville with some of the residents after they were coerced by the secret police. Right. I like that physically convinced, I think is what they said. <laughs> so Dr. Shouty and Rebecca, two of the sailors, they went to stay in the barista district and old Woodteeth went to stay with the Wallaby family. You remember the Wallaby family. They're the ones whose daughter is Megan, who was a man's severed hand and now is a man's severed hand attached to an adult Soviet submarine sailor, I guess. Right. And Megan had a chance to try to talk to the person who was uh, living with them now about submarines, which apparently they didn't believe in. So she had to like show them, I think it was Crimson Tide, which I don't think convinced them, but they were very much had a boy crush on Denzel Washington now, I think. I think that's totally fair. And the really tall one, that's what their name is of one of the sailors, the really tall one went to stay with Steve Carlsberg's family. And then after a couple sentences, you realize that the really tall one was she, which I love it when Night Vale does it to us like that. We're just like, oh, it's it's a woman. Okay, just got to change my opinion. Here. Yeah, All right, I, I like that. It's just a little bit of a, oh, hey, yeah, they didn't specify that that was supposed to be a woman or a man when they said it's the tall one. And the only downside, I think, is that when the sailors are asleep, there's this very 
strong smell of like metal and shrimp that gets stronger the more unconscious they become. And everybody's quick to say, you know, it's not a complaint. It's just a thing that we noticed. But that's definitely a thing that's happening. Right. There was also a little bit where Cecil was reminiscing about the first time that he got to talk to Carlos. And it was because Cecil's going to go give a lecture at the community college. And the last time he did that was five years ago, which, of course, is how Uh long the podcast has been around. But, you know, when he went to the community college, he spotted Carlos and, like, he was, of course, completely struck dumb. And Carlos wanted to show him something uh, from the roof and, you know, wanted to know, are you interested in science? And Cecil's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) obviously can't talk. And, you know, when they went up to the back staircase on the roof of the Earth Sciences Building, Carlos pointed out there's like this hazy column of darkness stretching from the middle of the field into the sky. And Cecil had no idea what this was. And Carlos said, no, wait, look at this. And they like stepped a few feet to one side and you couldn't see it anymore. And then you went a little bit further the other way and you could. And that's scientifically interesting, I think. I don't think there was yeah, anything else revealed about that. But other than the fact that Cecil pointed out where his apartment was. Yes. And Carlos seemed to think that he had a very nice roof. But <laughs> I think the reason why he was remembering that is things have definitely still been weird with Carlos. He keeps dodging calls from the lab, and he went and worked in his own private home lab, though Cecil could hear sitcoms playing through the door. So I don't know if he's actually doing any work. I'm starting to wonder if it's what you had guessed that one week, that it's related to the Night Vale novel that came out a few months ago about how Carlos had kind of a wake-up call that science is not always right, and maybe this is taking a toll. Yeah, I'm starting to think because it really feels like Carlos is, you know, not just, he's not just avoiding his lab partners, he's avoiding science. And in the midst of all of that, we did actually have the weather at one point, and it was Source Decay by Holy Sons, and apparently it's a cover of a Mountain Goat's song, it was fine. I liked it. You know, a little yes. bit of a country feel to it, I thought. Yeah, no, no problem there. Oh, and also, we had an interruption because while Cecil was talking, the captain came into the office. The captain of the ship that showed up in the middle of the desert unexpectedly? Yes, and hid under Cecil's desk. And while that was going on, the phone was ringing, and Cecil got very distracted. So he put on a pre-recorded PSA to keep us occupied while he figured everything out. And it was Deb the Sentient Patch of Haze, which I don't Aww. think we've heard from Deb for a while, but she was just doing a PSA about the DMV and the fact that it's really important for you to check the little box on your driver's license that says eyeball donation. And of course, that doesn't mean that people are necessarily going to come in and take your eyeballs, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it does mean that if you were to be in a car accident and die and somebody else was in a car accident and lost their eyesight, your eyes could be put into their head and they could see again. And so could you, because your consciousness lives in your eyeballs. And if that person dies and the eyes are put in another body, now you'll have three consciousnesses in one body. And I'm like, no, this is very interesting how this eye surgery thing works. Right, yes. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe that applies to organ donation of any kind, because if your organ gets donated into the body of another person, that means you're still living on. And I'm not necessarily opposed. No, not me neither. No, I think that all sounds perfectly logical and nice to me. But, <laughs> but we came back from the PSA and the phone call had been Carlos, who wanted to meet Cecil again on the roof of the Earth Science Buildings to watch the sunset and the cloud of darkness over the one field. And Cecil is relieved and yet 
still like, I'm sure everything's fine. I don't have any reason to be scared. I'm sure everything is totally, totally fine. But yeah, he's worried. Yeah. And also the captain is no longer in the studio, but Cecil spotted him outside. He had climbed up to the top of the radio tower and he was looking off in the distance with his spyglass and saying, we're doomed. We're all doomed. And Cecil called on whichever one the host family was to please come take your guest back. And also Susan Cooper, your car has been towed. Well, she did get warned. Yeah. She really had she did. plenty of time to handle that. Yes. And that was it. That was the end of the episode. Yeah, it was Cecil mocking up a version of Mannequin of himself made out of burlap and lentils and twine so that the station management would know that he's skipping out early in order to go hang out with Carlos, even though he says on the radio that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, Cecil's not really the most subtle, sneaky person on the planet. No, he can't lie worth beans, but that's fine. No. That's that's. I think that's a point in his favor. But yeah, yes. so that was the end of the episode. The only other thing I want to talk about was they had a lot of interesting announcements before the episode got started. Um, Alice Isn't Dead is coming back soon. And I re- it's the final season. And I'm looking forward to hearing where they take the story. Because they ended it with... Alice uh, saving the main character from torture. So obviously Alice came back and that's where we left it. So yes, definitely want to uh, go back with that. Um, Also, there's another podcast that's all about calming and like making it easier for you to sleep. And it's called Sleep With Me. And I'm like, hmm, well, Hmm. I'm automatically intrigued. I, I remember that Dr. Seuss book when we were growing up. I think it was the sleep book, whatever. And I remember that book actually helping me sleep when I was little. Yes, I do too. And I was sort of wondering for a second there, as of day of this recording and day of this episode coming out, it's April Fool's Day. And so I thought, is this a real podcast? Maybe it's a fake podcast. April Fool's. I looked it up. No, five days ago, they made the announcement that it was becoming part of the network. So no, it's a real thing. But it makes me wonder what other things they said on this podcast may or may not have been true. I don't know, because you're right. This is, it is actually on April 1st that this is coming out. So, hmm. Mm -hmm. well, they also announced that the podcast Conversations with People Who Hate Me is going to be continuing soon, which I listened to a few episodes and I just, I kind of felt like the, you know, people who hate me sort of part of the title was pushing things a little bit. It was people who disagreed with them. And I think he maybe talked with a couple of people who were angry when they sent him a message. But for the most part, yeah, it's people who disagree with me and saying that, you know, you hate me. Well, you're automatically jumping back and saying, oh, yes, we've made progress because you don't hate me. I'm like, well, they maybe didn't start out with hating you. So I don't know. Mm. It's interesting. And they're also continuing with the podcast, Pounded in the Butt by My Own Podcast. And this is something that was announced last episode. So this is not an April Fool's, but the next episode is done by Mara Wilson. And they played a little bit of a snippet with it. And it apparently involves an erotic encounter with um, Darth Vader. And I'm not necessarily opposed to that either. No, I think I would like to hear this. I mean, so far, I haven't heard anything that's as irritating as that first voice we heard when they first announced the podcast. So if it's the voices of people that I like, sure, I'll give it a try. It sounds kind of fun and weird. It sounds really weird. (laughs) It does. Very much so. I don't want to dismiss it without listening to it, but I got to make myself listen to one of them first. And also, apparently, unless it's an April Fool's joke, which you never can tell, did they or did they not mention that 
there was going to be an Alice Isn't Dead novel coming out. Yeah, they did. Mm. Ah, okay, all right. I'm I'm in so far. I've really enjoyed the first two Night Vale books, so we'll see how that goes. Well, there was also a little segue. Uh, I recently heard the announcement that the Limetown podcast has a novel coming out, and... Ooh. Season two of Limetown is also coming out. Now, uh, if you guys, any of you who are already fans of Limetown know, we've been waiting a while on this to find out what the hell happened after the first six episodes. So I'm really looking forward to this, but it's not happening until October. So we got a little while, but that means you've got a little while to listen to all those six episodes if you haven't listened to it yet. And let me tell you, they're fun. Nice. They're also creepy in a really good way. I I don't know why I've missed all all of these. I haven't listened to any of them, probably because I've been catching up on wooden overcoats and no such thing as a fish and all sorts of podcasts that I've been falling behind in. So there you go. You know what I started watching this week? What's that? The new Jessica Jones season. Oh, I was not going to start watching that until we finished watching the Punisher seasons, which we've gotten three episodes into so far, which is really good and really violent. As in like, I actually had dreams the other night that were incredibly disturbing and violent because we'd watched Punisher before I went to bed. Oh, I haven't watched any of them. I just, I don't know. I just was kind of in the mood to sort of jump into it. And I did. And the first episode is amazing. Of, and then of I've, Jessica Jones? Of Jessica Jones. And then I've watched the next three episodes. I'm like, it's a bit of a slow burn. Oh, well. Yeah. And also, uh, spoilers, no David Tennant. So, I mean, I was kind of thinking, I know he was he died last season, but I was like, Maybe they'll bring him back somehow? It doesn't look that way. Well, I'll definitely give that season a try because Jessica Jones was my favorite part about the miniseries The Defenders. I mean, her yes. and Sigourney Weaver, I think, were the reason for watching it. And then, you know, Sigourney Weaver doesn't actually make it for the entire season, so that yeah. kills some of my enthusiasm. Yeah, so I'm just hoping. I mean, it's 13 episodes long, so the fact that there's three out of the 13 that are kind of slow does not necessarily mean bad things. It just means that it's taking its time and moving forward, I could do with more of the superhero stuff and less of the soap opera stuff, though, please. And if you've watched the episodes, I think you know what I mean. Yep, well, Netflix shows tend to go on for three episodes at least longer than they should. So maybe Mm. they just got those three out of the way with early. I'd be totally fine with that. That'd be great. I guess the only other thing that I wanted to talk about was the fact that I got news a couple weeks ago and keep meaning to mention this. Did you know that they are planning a new Dune movie? No, really? Yeah. Oh my God. How many times are they going to try that before they get it right? But do you know who this one's going to be directed by? Um, oh, let me see. Dream director Guillermo del Toro? No, but you're, I think you're going to like it though. Oh, okay. Who is it? The same guy who directed Blade Runner 2049. No way! That's what I'm hearing, so I don't know. I mean, I'm in. That yeah, would be, I if mean, anybody's going to pull it off, he's one of the people who can. Talk about a guy who can do a cerebral scene. Oh my god, and the beautiful... I mean, if he... If some of those effects, if even a little of those beautiful, sprawling, gorgeous panoramic scenes were his idea in Blade Runner, um, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, that, that would be... Uh, I'm just... Because certainly the previous Dune movies have not been all that great. So well, yeah, I just know. have to remember the uh, old defunct uh, Television Without Pity website and someone recapping the TV miniseries they did for Dune. And one of the things oh. I thought was hilarious was how wrong they got all the Fremen and the fact that someone walks out of a Fremen, you know, house with a curtain hanging in front of the door. And we're talking about a civilization <sighs> that 
survives off of conservation of water. And they're like, are you kidding me? I have one of those things in front of my tub and it still dumps about five gallons of water on the floor every time. (laughs) Yeah, that I just remember really vividly a scene of Paul and his mother running away from a sandworm in the desert. And they were so obviously running in place in front of a green screen. Oh, I hate that. Awful, awful. I mean, even worse than the people who are running down a hallway, but they're running slowly so they don't outrun the camera. I mean, that's irritating enough, but at least they are moving forward. You're just like kicking your knees high. Look, I'm running in place, but I'm actually running. No, stop (sighs) it. Knock it off. Awful. But I was going through my notes and one other thing that I wanted to mention just because I had it in my notes and I kept meaning to say something. So I get certain people mixed up because their names are too similar. So I guess you remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Eddie Izzard mm-hmm. and about how he had done the movie or rather the pilot for the Munsters reboot that ended up only being a single episode. It was called Mockingbird Lane. Right. Do you know who directed and wrote it? No. Brian Fuller. Oh, Wow, and they yeah. didn't do anything? No, no. I, I think it's just one of those things the network just couldn't figure out what they were going to do with it, and so they oh. decided the pilot was going to be it. Yeah, it's if you can find it, it's good. I really like it. But the thing is, is that I constantly get mixed up between Brian Fuller and Brian Singer, which I don't want to do. Brian Singer directed The Usual Suspects, which uh-huh. is awesome, but he also did the X-Men First Class movies and Days of Future Past and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. So that's Brian Singer. Currently, he's been accused of and sued for sexual harassment and rape, including child rape of young boys. And he's not really working on anything right now. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. I seem to remember Leland uh, Movie Issues making some sort of comment about that. And that yeah. being one of the many reasons he doesn't like that dude. Yeah. And that was the thing. I mean, I would hear about Brian Fuller and I'd be like, oh, I love his stuff. But is he problematic? Am I not supposed to like it? No, no, no. That's Brian Singer. Brian Singer, we're not really fond of right now. Brian Fuller, we like. But even Brian Singer, I don't know the man personally. He has not personally injured me. But, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and say that those are two different people. And so for the record, if I ever screwed that up in the past, I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, guys, Elizabeth here, breaking into the episode. I usually don't do this. If I find a mistake, I usually just put a note in the corrections for the episode, but I discovered this while doing the edit and it was way too good to pass up. Okay, that whole business about Brian Fuller directing Mockingbird Lane. Brian Fuller didn't direct it. Brian Fuller developed Mockingbird Lane. Mockingbird Lane was actually directed by Brian Singer. I couldn't make this up if I tried. It's like the universe is trying to make sure that I never get these two guys straight. Anyway, Back to the episode. Well, at least I'm not referring to anybody as Brian Fisher anymore, who's apparently a scientist <laughs> and has nothing to do with any of this other stuff. Yeah, well, that's fine. I, that It's a thing that happens. <laughs> so that is going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the comic book reviews, the movie reviews, the photo galleries. We ended up having five photo galleries for WonderCon. Hopefully, possibly one more if I can get a few more people to get some photos in there. But Some um, amazing stuff on those. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, just Alex Dehekashan is my coworker and friend, and his pictures will just make you cry. They're so pretty. And Ariana Hester, oh, so many. We've had a lot of people reach out because she got their picture, and she was so good at handing out those little, we took your picture cards. So a lot of people have <laughs> tracked back to the site. So very cool. All of that, pixelatedgeek.com. I guess next week we'll probably talk about some of this stuff that we keep meaning to talk about because maybe by that point I'll have finally watched the Doctor Who Christmas special. Yes. But keep an eye out for all of that and we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Later.